This is episode number 40 of the Rising Man podcast with Titus Kahutek. Up, up, and away. What is up, Rising Man community? How are you living? How are you leaning into your challenges? How are you growing into the man that you've always wanted to be? How often do you even ask yourself these questions? Do you even ask yourself these questions? How often do you do so in the company of other men who can see you, who can relate to you, who can understand the trials and tribulations that you're going through? If the answer to any of these questions is something like, oh, not often enough, rarely, what the F are you even talking about? <laughs> then I strongly encourage you to check out the Elements Initiation for Men coming up October 26th to 28th here in California. I'm telling you guys, this is going to be three days in the wilderness with a team of men diving into our challenges, taking off our masks and getting real with each other. It's going to be a tremendous experience that I'm really excited to be doing for the first time with almost a full cast of brothers at this point. By the time you guys hear this, there may not even be any seats available, but I'm going to encourage you to go get information, check out the link to sign up. It's all at rise.jettyazuma.com slash elements. There may be still a couple of seats that you can gobble up at the last minute, but I'm telling you guys, if it's not now, then sign up so you can be a part of the next one. We're going to keep these Elements Weekends rolling out because this is the work we get to do. We get to have men who can support us in our lives and all the challenges that we're going through. So let me tell you about my guest for today. And my guest for today is a man that many of you may recognize from the early days of the Rising Man podcast, way back in episode number five, Becoming a Superhero. His name is Titus Kahutek. He is the co-founder of Heroics Training Systems, which is a body-based coaching practice up in Seattle, Washington. Their core mission is building dynamic leaders. He's passionate about martial arts, functional movement. He's just your overall superhero badass dude. And he came on the show for our first ever repeat guest on the Rising Man podcast, History in the Making right now, because he has some exciting new offerings, some exciting new information and wisdom opportunities on the horizon for the rising men out there, for all the men who want to be the best version of themselves. So we brought Titus back to talk a lot about the body. And his the topic he's most passionate right now is, is neurohacking. But on this show, we talked about debunking traditional fitness strategies and myths surrounding physical health and well-being, the most effective training strategies for developing a complete human mind, body, and spirit. We discussed the masculine and feminine dynamics at play in movement, exercise, and how they reflect how we show up in our lives. We spoke about preparing our bodies for all of life's challenges, how anxieties and unexpressed emotions get trapped in our bodies and manifest as physical ailments, plus neurohacking, trusting our guts, and building a bigger capacity for what lies ahead. I'll let Titus do the rest of the talking. So without further ado, Titus Kahutek. All right, a special treat. First time ever. This is a rising man milestone. The first time we have a repeat guest on the show. You guys might have heard the episode number five with Titus Kahutek. He's back in the building. 
up in Seattle, Washington. Titus, say what's up to the fellas out there. Oh my God, I'm so happy to be here, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me back. I look forward to the conversation. You got it, man. And you may not know this. I think I told you, but maybe I forgot to. Your episode that was we titled Becoming a Superhero, which you and I had some side conversation about whether that was appropriate or not, got more attention than any other episode for the first <laughs> at least two months of the of the show. Wow, wow, wow. What an honor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to share, man. And I, and I look forward to contributing to this conversation. And I love the work you're doing in the world and bringing um, men up to, to a new standard and new evolutionary potential. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I love that conversation. So thank you for including me. You got it, man. And so for those of you guys who haven't checked out that episode with Titus yet, it's episode number five. It was a tremendous dialogue. We, were, we really went deep on some places. And, you know, Titus is expertise lies within the body, the mind, connecting our brain to our back to our bodies and the disconnects that can happen that keep us from being heroic in our lives and how we can use that as a backdrop to all of the things that we're creating in terms of our vision, in terms of our purpose and our mission in life. Would you say that captures it pretty well, Titus? Yeah, beautifully. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jetty. Right on. Yeah, yeah. That the, the disease of separation is kind of how I've crystallized it. You know, and we we fall with all these, over time, there's been these big moments of separation where we lost pieces of ourselves. And right now we're in an amazing opportunity where we can remember, we can remember those lost aspects of ourselves and bring them into a new context. Mm. Awesome, man. Well, so before we get into what we really want to talk about today, I've got some contextual conversations I want to ask you, some new conversations that have been emerging since way back when we started the podcast. One question I've been asking everybody coming on the show now that I didn't ask you is, to you, what's the difference between masculine and feminine? Mm, I love that. One of the best illustrations I've gotten for this is, first of all, I, I separate masculine and feminine from the genders and sex identity. I think of those as energetic forms that are kind of universal in their nature. You know, there are different ways of energy flowing through. There was this woman I went to, she gave a beautiful talk on different types of power. And she had masculine and feminine, and then internal and in the world, something like that. Or or passive and and active forms of power in these masculine and feminine roles. And so um, what they define the masculine power form as is kind of active, penetrating, committed, and engaged in a way. And then the the feminine was more about holding space and receptivity and, and allowing for the blossoming of power in a field. And so I think of these as energy forms, not necessarily sexes, but um, they're powerful elemental energy forms that really impact our lives. Mm. And that's basically the distinction we've been getting from a lot of men coming on here is that we, first of all, we asked this question to break down the tendency to assign gender to these words, masculine and feminine, because I don't know who decided that to be masculine means you, you that's or to be a man means you must be masculine or to be a woman you must be feminine and to look at this as these are just two words that define a series of qualities that have a polarity and that amplify one another. Right. So Right. So what so I'm glad that you took the conversation that way and since we're talking about the body and we're talking about practices of how we connect our neurology to our to our muscles and our bones and our tissues then Let's talk a little bit about this. You said penetrating when you mentioned masculine, which is very obvious metaphorically. And more, I, th- I think of more of a receptiveness, a receptivity 
from the feminine. So how does that show up in the style of movement and training that you guys are up to? One of the most revolutionary things I ever learned along my educational path. I mean, it's so funny, you know, I don't know about you. Well, definitely. I know how much schooling you have and how much we really dig into the information of the body, like the anatomy, the physiology, the way that these things work together. And I had this book, uh, I don't know if you know it, Overcoming Gravity. It's, uh, it's uh, about gymnastics. Yeah. It's, a, it's really cool on uh, gym, gymnastic strength training. And there's a graph in there and there's one graph and it literally changed everything for me. It, it revolutionized the way I look at training and how we can actually use this. And I'm going to circle back to the question. But in it, it, it was a graph of adaptation. How do we create the most adaptation in tissues? And it comes down to time under tension. How much tension we create in that, that tissue will force adaptation in that tissue. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense? So this graph had it broken down between active and passive tension. Mm. And we reached the very same tension coefficient both by both active and passive tension. But the entire fitness industry up until that point, from my understanding, was all about active tension doing bicep curls, doing squats, flexing and contracting the muscle. This is very much in alignment with the way that we kind of see masculine effort and fruits of our labor is in the active way of being. Mm. But there's as much impact in the passive way of being. So stretching isn't this feminine thing that yoga girls can stretch and men are kind of tight. It's a different way of relating to movement that is a much more feminine way of moving. It's a much more passive way of extending the body, Mm. right? And and when you can really get into a a full engagement or a relationship between the active and the passive tensions, you get so much more out of movement, so much more full and whole. And so you're actually accessing these masculine and feminine qualities together synergistically to be strong and mobile through the whole range. Mm. It's Really cool the way you put that metaphor together and for us to apply that polarity between masculine and feminine in in a different context, especially when we relate it to the body. I just had a guest on here a few episodes ago, a guy by the name of Tyson Brown down in Australia, and we were talking about the fitness culture and we were talking about fitness culture for men. I know you and I talked about that when you were a guest on here as well. And a lot of the... You know, the, the muscle building, the rippling biceps, steroids, all this part of the fitness industry that's been digested by men and how we've interpreted it. It's obvious why a more passive, let's call it feminine approach to fitness has been left out. And absolutely. And so what are the consequences of that? Let's start there. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I don't like to poke fun at people, but a great example was illustrated once where I saw, you know, a stupid YouTube video of bodybuilders playing soccer, <laughs> right? And, and if you could imagine a bodybuilder playing soccer and kind of what we're talking about today is this neurohacking through movement concept and something I, maybe we'll talk about a little bit later. But, but that, when we do the traditional fitness form of I work my biceps, you know, like tigers don't know they have biceps. Mm-hmm. So when we have this concept of I have a bicep and it must be big, we actually dislocate the nervous system by overactivating the neural pathways in the bicep. Mm-hmm. And through that, we start to break down the coordination pattern of the shoulder and the elbows and the wrists. And we leave, we're much more susceptible to injury. In fact, we're getting weaker with a less uh, adaptive nervous system 
the longer you do strength training for the sake of bodybuilding. Mm, say that again and, and maybe really break it down so that it's simple and compact because yeah. I don't know if everyone will get that. Yeah, totally. So what I'm saying is when we do um, strength training activities and we focus just on one part of the body, well, that actually creates a, a breakdown in coordination, mm-hmm. right? So if I, if I have an overactive bicep and my tricep isn't working in reciprocation, that breakdown causes a pain. We, could, we call it tendonitis of the shoulder, tendonitis of the elbow, you know, something like that. And so what we see is through bodybuilding, we see many more chronic pain patterns than healthy patterns. So through the process of strength training, what's actually happening is you're getting weaker over time, mm. weaker over time with a less coordinated nervous system so you're eventually more susceptible to injury. Now, this comes down to something that is really important also because a lot of folks are working out for aesthetic purposes, which neither whether it's right or wrong, if that's part of your goal and your mission, there's, there's something that's being left off the table. And so for those folks who are interested in, well, because you're talking about strength. You're talking about building strength mm-hmm. in muscles and coordination in muscles so we can perform better. Are there, is it possible to get, to, to, to get weaker but still look as though you're strong. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, mm-hmm. is the stronger you look, the more weak you're probably getting <laughs> because there's been such a focus on the contractile fiber of the system. Mm-hmm. Again, when we talk about this masculine-feminine relationships in our, in our bodies, mm-hmm. when we focus on the contractile fibers, the red stuff, the muscle, and that's what I've been focused on for so many years in the fitness industry is how do I build muscle? Mm-hmm. Never once did I say how do I build the connective tissue around my shoulder and elbow, mm-hmm. right? This focus on contraction and flexing the muscles. Mm-hmm. That's what I saw. Right. And in doing that, we, we build a ton of strength in the contractile fiber, but then we get weaker and weaker connective tissue. Mm. The t- connective tissue can't hold that much power. And so then we get tears of the bicep and, and tears of the pectoral muscle which is absolutely insane. That's so hard to do. Mm -hmm. That's so hard to do. Mm -hmm. But if we were really looking at strength building and we focused more on the white stuff, more on the connective tissue around the joints, we need a lot less contractile fiber to get that much more strength. Mm -hmm. So we're stronger. We're much stronger strength to weight ratio and we're much more compact and, and more adaptable, more agile and much more resilient. You could take a, take an impact better. Right. Right. And this goes back to, again, a similar conversation I was having with Tyson and we were talking about body dysmorphia. And so I, you know, mm. I had, I had just mentioned a question about, you know, guys who are working out for aesthetic purposes. And we got to a point in the discussion where we realized that there's, there's a genetic component. Not everybody is meant to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. In fact, a lot of what we see in magazines and on YouTube videos is, is artificial and it creates this cultural dysmorphic perspective of what the man's body is supposed to or can look like. So talk a little bit about that, you know, just, just what our genetic gift is and how we can build upon what we're given instead of trying to create something we're not. Wow, Jetty, I'm so happy you're bringing that up because something we hear a lot is that, you know, women get all of these negative images about their bodies and something they have to live up to. And somehow men are left out of the conversation and men are as influenced by these images as women and and as negatively. There's there's bulimia, there's anorexia, there's, as you said, all the body dysmorphia that goes into it, we feel too as men. 
underwear ads and Hollywood stars and all of these things. And like you said, there's a genetic range of what a body looks like. And it's so amazing when you really understand that because you can take any genetics and maximize what they are. Mm. They may never look the same. You're not going to look like you're going to have all these cool, this body cut up that might not be the body style, but you might be a Viking. You know, you might be a Viking, you might be strong and ground and earthy and heavy, or you could be this really cool, long, wiry, kind of jangly strength that's amazing, that offers so many cool leverage points. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever did any jujitsu or any fighting, but fighting different bodies is kind of the coolest aspect of it, Mm -hmm. right? There's so many different ways to engage that puzzle. Mm -hmm. Um, And we really valued our genetics and learned how to maximize what was offered to us, mm-hmm. I think we would see an incredible range of talents that would, instead of just this kind of homogenized idea. Right. Absolutely. I, I, since we're talking about heroes and heroics, I always think of X-Men. I always go back to X-Men and, you know, yeah. Cyclops isn't trying to be Wolverine, you know, right. and, and Storm <laughs> exactly. isn't trying to be Rogue. They're just, they're maximizing the gifts that they were given. And then, you know, and then also the element of working as a team to get maximum performance, you know, and so. Exactly. And you know, ironically, ironically, if you really commit to maximizing your nervous system and maximizing your genetics, honestly, you'll, you'll look in your own mind, the aesthetics that you're actually looking for will be there for you. Those will be what your body actually looks like when you're fully tuned into your nervous system and who you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. So let's use that as a leverage point. Now, now that we're building up some background context for this conversation we're about to have, let me ask you two more questions and we'll jump into what we came here to talk about. The first is, what does it mean to be heroic? You know, it's a question I live with every day. It's, it's a way of showing up to the moment. It's a way of showing up to the moment with full attention and full commitment to best possible outcomes. And that's in, in work, at home, in your own moment-to-moment life, how you show up mm. will define that for you. Yeah, how, much, how many times do you run into people who hear heroic and they're like, dude, that's not for me. I'm not a hero. I hear it too much, you know, and it, that part makes me sad because I know, I know what that person went through. Mm-hmm. I know that they went through life to get here and that it, it required everything of them. Mm. It required everything of them and, and, and to, to not understand that about us makes me sad. I mean, that's my life's mission is that everybody sees that what they're doing is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to get through this. We have to use so many different skills and talents and abilities and everybody has to do it differently based on their circumstance. And, and that, that deserves some acknowledgement. Yeah. That's one of the things that I've talked about here on the podcast in a couple of different episodes that I remember growing up, getting into my tw- early twenties and feeling like, I had it pretty easy. I don't have a heroic story. And obviously on the other side of my 20s, I realized, first of all, so much happened in my 20s that totally debunked <laughs> that for me. <laughs> and then also that just to make it to 20, to 25, to 30, to 40, to 50, you've got to have gone through some shit. There's, there's no yes. way you make it that far without going through something. So invalidating that you, are, that you are special, that you are a hero, that you have been through some incredible challenges one way or the other is important. It's important. The trials and tribulations are real. And, you know, I work with people from the billionaires to, you know, construction workers. And I I myself have a huge range of people that I interact with. 
And each and every one of them are going through life. They're going through real struggle. And it sucks when somebody says, oh, that's a first world problem. Mm -hmm. You know what? The heart feels the same. Mm. The heart feels the same. And, and, and what they're dealing with is real to that individual. And every one of us are going through something real something real and, and all of us need to pay attention. And so we can, we can sharpen our skills of attention and awareness so that we can live more gracefully ultimately, you know, and that's the real goal of the work is, is how do we take on the trials and tribulations gracefully and in gratitude and ready for what's next. Mm. Real talk, bro. I, I love what you're saying here, man. I love how this is emerging. And in this dialogue, it already seems like we're all we're doing is stripping away titles, stripping away definers, identifiers that separate us. Like you said before, you know, so the separation of the body. The, what was it? A disease of separation is what you said? Yeah, the disease of separation. That's that's all we're doing. That's yeah. what we're doing on a human level, right? All we're doing is creating more ways yeah. to separate ourselves, which is creating greater disharmony, greater dis-ease in society, man. Exactly. Exactly that. You know, and and I think the body is the metaphor. It is the blueprint, honestly, for culture, civilization, economics. That's what I believe. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that the answers are held there. It's our roots to each other. Mm. Is through that body. So how do we go about shifting into greater harmony? through the medium of the body. Let's just set it up a little bit more about this metaphor of the body and how it, how it can affect culture in a big way. Yeah, you know, since we can't change the body politic right now and just in general, you know, as an individual, that might feel like something that's just too big. And to be fair, it is, you know, we can't fix our, our ecologic crisis right now, our economic crisis, or we can't fix all of those right now. Mm. But what we can do is connect to ourselves and connect to what does it mean to be a self, to be an interconnected self, to be an interdependent self. And through a movement practice and through good nutritional practices, we start to build these relationships. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go too far. We don't have to leave our front door. Mm -hmm. We have to really feel a push-up. And honestly, as much as that sounds funny, you know, there are seven primal movement patterns that all bodies do. They do a press and you can push in many directions, up above the head, out in front of the body, press down. You can do a press, a pull, a bend, a twist, a squat, a lunge, and then a gait. A gait is our, our walking pattern. These are, these are basic movement patterns. A push-up is just a basic movement pattern, but these movement patterns stimulate communication through the whole body because they're, they're a repeated pattern. So they have our body communicate in specific ways. They also bend and twist and move the organs so that they're, they're kind of all of the kind of fluid materials and, and blood and all of those things are pushed through the body through movement. And that's how our cells communicate. And so by building these deep relationships between the masculine and feminine, the push and the pull of our body, the flow of energy in our body as we're doing an exercise or a movement, mm -hmm. those impacts of a gait pattern send pressure waves through our whole body that lets us know where we are in space. Mm. That soothes the nervous system. That calms us down. And when we find our parasympathetic state, our rest, digest, kind of relaxed state of mind, we become more connected. We listen more. We're more receptive to what's going on around us. And when we're contracted or nervous, we're less receptive to what's going on around us. We're less aware, more scared, and more susceptible to do violent art, violence ourselves or have violence or danger come to us. Mm. And there it is right there. That's, that is the essence of personal development. And that is what it's all about is 
what can you influence? What do we really have control over? And the only thing we really have control over is ourselves. And so yes. often we're out of relationship with the self. We don't know who the self is. Why is the self even here is a great question. And what do I want to do yes. with the self? How, how does the <laughs> self need to be taken self. care of? What does the self need right now in this moment versus what I think the self needs you know, five, five years from now. And you just nailed it right there. What do I, what does the self need right in this moment? And that communication, that immediacy of communication from your internal state to what I need to do into an action, that's, that's fluid living. Mm -hmm. But when we have internal conflicts where we don't know what our self wants, but our self is sending tons of signals from our body and we call it anxiety, mm. right? Our, our body is sending signals to us and we say, oh shit, that's anxiety. And then our mind tries to put a cap on this really vital communication line. Mm. Well, not only is that taking attention away from the moment, it's taking the vital information that the moment is providing away from the, the mind that wants to feel safe. And while it's trying to feel safe, it's protecting itself from its very own signals. <laughs> Man, I just got a hit. I, I feel like you're talking about Donald Trump and the rest of America right now. It's like we're all screaming at the president of the United States and he's just trying to keep himself safe. It's like, and it, it's, it's funny, man. Yeah. I don't know if people will follow this, this metaphorical journey that we're riding here, but all we're saying is that every layer of life from a cellular level all the way up to a universal planetary level, it's just concentric circles, right? It's like one blowing up into the next, to the next, to the next, that is reflecting the same yeah. dialogue of balance, or imbalance and disharmony. So, so we're just zooming in on maybe exactly. like the, the third or fourth tier. <laughs> yeah, and, and coming back to ourselves, since we can't change the body politic right now, but I do see that you know, part of the work we do is working with organizations and looking at them like a body. Each cell is, a, is, a, each cell is an individual within that organization, mm -hmm. and that organization is only as healthy as the healthiest cells within that structure. Mm -hmm. you know? And so... When we look at just our body from a singular identity perspective, take care of the cells like they're your gold. You know, they're producing the value for you. And so this is nutrition, movement, all of meditation. All of that is to create harmony within our own environment mm. so that we can be a harmonious cell within a larger body. Mm. Yeah, man. And in another metaphorical sense, if you want to take care of the body, empower the cells to take care of themselves, too. That's another thing. getting getting exactly. out of the way sometimes is what it takes. Getting out, yeah. 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 Actually just creating the environment for them to thrive in. There it is. All right. So all all you leaders out there, if you're looking for how to make the organization more healthy, create a healthy environment for those cells to thrive and do their thing. Amen. Right on. Cool, man. All <laughs> right. Well, that, I, I didn't know we were going here. That's why I love this stuff. Neurohacking. How 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 can you, yeah. I'll leave it up to you. You find a pivot point from what we're at right now into neurohacking. <laughs> Why that's so important? Well, that's what it all comes down to, right? I mean, that's the offer. I mean, what I'm what we're saying is that the most powerful technology on earth is you, is within you, and and these technologies are very simple because they're perception and sensation, perception and sensation. And if you can shift or create distinctions within those fields, honestly, the nature of matter itself changes. And I can definitely give you some exercises that do that. Mm. And, and some of those are with a partner, so we won't talk about those. But just in your own self, if you can, somebody who does a push-up, and I invite any of you out there to do a push-up, do one push-up thinking about all the shit that you have to do tomorrow and all of your, your worries and 
everything else and kind of thinking about it while you're doing the push-up. And then clear your mind. And this will help, honestly, if you can do a push-up. So that's, that's a whole other question mark, right? Because there's, there's a lot of understanding that we can gain just in a push-up. So if you think you can do it, you could probably use some coaching. Because <laughs> there's probably distinctions in there that you could find. And, and, but everybody can try this. In the push-up, imagine your hands and your feet are heavy are as heavy as possible. Move your attention to the connection points, the grounding points of the movement, and then do a push-up. And if you don't see the strength gain right there, I would be surprised. Mm. I'd be surprised. And, and just in doing something like that, you can see how attention in a given moment can create leverage and power you didn't even know you had. Yeah. So let, let's unpack that a little bit because I know that there's guys, yeah. I, I've been the guy before that heard something like that. The first time I was invited to an exercise of this level of perception and also intentionality of, of what we're intending mm -hmm. for our body. I heard it and I was like, that's stupid. There's no way that can work. That's like some hocus pocus stuff. So what we're really doing here, if I'm hearing you correctly and putting my interpretation on it is we're creating an environment where the cells can thrive and do their thing. It would be the same thing as, you know, look at, look at the relationship between a parent and a child, a parent that's very encouraging and motivating and supportive of that child. The child's going to perform better versus, you mm -hmm. know, a, a, a parent who is just beating down that child. You've seen the defeated look on the face of a kid who's just getting berated by their parent for not performing well enough. So similarly within the body, we have, we're steering the ship, so to speak. We're, we're giving the master mm -hmm. We have the master controls. We're giving the instructions to the body and the nature, the context, the tone of the instructions matters, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and there, there's some science here too. There's science, which ultimately, you know, I like to not necessarily lead with, but have a foundation on because what we have is, is our nervous system, mm -hmm. which is the most sensitive instrumentation on the planet. And we have awareness. And through that sense perception and awareness, we can relate to the world. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of distinctions there. And so from a, a physiological perspective, we have nociception. You know what nociception is? You know, it's that, mm -hmm. that pressure. It's hot and cold. It's pain. It's, it's uh, knowing that there's a stimulus happened to either move away from or recognize mm -hmm. pain, right? That's one sense awareness. We have interoception. An interoception is, you ever get butterflies in your stomach before you get something, mm -hmm. you're, you're nervous about something, yeah. right? That, that sense of like something big is happening here. This is our interoception. This is our, our internal sense awareness. And sometimes, sometimes that sensation is really intense, right? This is why like you see yes. uh, athletes throw up before a big game or, you, you know, someone will like shit their pants because like they just got really yes. nervous, like stuff like that, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, the butterflies before first kiss, the, you know, like that's our, our body mind going, like having really intense, I'm feeling something here. Mm -hmm. And that specific awareness point is something culturally we've learned to suppress and try to hide mm -hmm. instead of give it voice. And this is where anxiety comes in as far as a, 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 a kind of an emotional autoimmune disease, mm -hmm. right? This disease of separation is I'm having the butterflies so intensely, but I really got to keep my shit together now. So I try to put a lid on that and that anxiety becomes disruptive and that's actually becomes a disease. Mm -hmm. And so if we really listen to our interoception, our gut instinct, and we're well calibrated and we do our practices, 
that becomes a major source of information. Mm -hmm. Instead of just a distraction and being static in our field, that becomes honesty and truth about who I am, how I'm feeling. You know, I'm feeling nervous right now. It's okay to say if you're feeling nervous Mm. right now. This is cool, man. So I would wager to say that because of the suppressive context of previous generations that younger generations have inherited, 99% of people that hear the exa- or had the, get butterflies in their stomach, the first voice, the first impulse is going to be, let's get it together. I got to go perform, yes. right? So let's, yeah. let's just assume that. What is the alternative to that? Because I'm even here. I'm like, okay, what would, I, what would be the alternative to, is it allowing the butterflies to be and just... What, what do you do with that? How's this? Go out on stage and say, you know what, guys? I am fucking nervous. <laughs> I am in here and my body is going crazy because I feel so excited to be here. Mm. I feel so moved to be here right now and, and I feel it. And so thank you for having me. Right? That right there neutralizes it, invites your own feelings into the space. It immediately makes you actually more relatable and human to the audience. Mm. And it actually enrolls the audience into a full human experience, which is much more powerful. Mm. So working with a leader, speaking from that very feeling, that very honest experience that you're actually having might be the thing that's going to connect you and let that feeling go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is why it goes way beyond movement, right? We're talking about developing the self. We're not even talking. We're talking yeah. about the technology, like you said. We're talking about neurology. We're talking about tissues. We're talking about environment. And at the end of the day, all of that is part of graduate school for the body. Yes, and about living skillfully through life, mm-hmm. through ups and downs, through the wobbles, you know. And when you don't try to cover that feeling up, it becomes a huge source of power. This is technology. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing we tend to forget, too, is we think that we're hiding out really well. I'm hiding my right. nerves. Uh, this girl that I want to kiss, I'm, I'm about to pee my pants and she has no idea. Of course she has an idea. So to, to own it and declare it, it, it creates a totally, it, it shifts the dynamic because then it's instead of I'm trying to hide how nervous I am so that you'll still want to kiss me, it's holy shit, I'm nervous. Are you nervous too? Like it builds relationship. People lean in for stuff yes. like that, right? That's, this is vulnerability yes, we're talking about. This is authenticity we're talking about. Amen. That's exactly right. So, so when that interoception, um, if we allow it, that, that gut deep instinct, and that becomes our voice instead of that weird talking out of your face and head voice, mm-hmm. but you're speaking from your body voice, mm-hmm. watch what happens in your life. And you say that's a technology or not, right? And, and I, I, would, I would venture to say that you would see powerful shifts in your capacity to hold space for others and yourself. Yeah, and you could see it in very popularized examples you see an athlete at the pinnacle of success who just screams and you could tell he is allowing himself to unleash his control yes. of himself and everybody leans in on that in fact it's the it's the highlight reel that they play on ESPN all day long is the game winning exactly. shot and lebron jumping on the table and screaming and beating his chest he didn't plan that he's not thinking in my head in his head time to beat your chest time to scream <laughs> it's just oh. let's go and so there's there's it. a full range of emotions that we can feel that if we're not suppressing, we're actually missing opportunities is what I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, like that though, we letting go of categorizing any of the feelings as negative and all of them as information. Wow. This is the technology. Say say that again, (laughs) because that one just landed on me too. Right. You know, like uh, getting rid of the idea that any emotion or any feeling is negative in fact, you want them all, the whole range, the ouches, the sad, the, the, the ecstatic, the whole range. And 
all of those, if they're labeled as information instead of good and bad, mm-hmm. just, to, just as information of how I'm feeling and what's real for me right now. Yeah. Same way we can reframe challenge and call it experience. It's all, it's, it's yep. the same dialogue. And this is one of the major fundamental tools and technologies of personal development is given our stories, different contexts and different meanings so that we don't feel buried and, and buckled down by those things, by the it's negative stories. Neurohacking. Yeah. Right. Neurohacking. And this is, and we can do it through perception and sensation. And what you're talking about reframing and recontextualizing our story that actually changes our nervous system. And that's a neurohack, mm. right? That's a, that's a, that's a neurohack of perception. Mm. Cool stuff, man. So what else needs to be said about neurohacking? Cause you know, I love this stuff. What, what else do you, what yeah, else, yeah. what else don't most people understand about neurohacking or misinterpret about it? What I'm hoping here is that we start looking at fitness or we start throwing the idea of fitness and exercise out the window, forget about the muscles and, and looking good. Think about exquisite articulation of your nervous system. Think about really getting into a movement from the inside, right? And, and playing the long game of connect the dots and unlock the chains. Mm-hmm. And through that process of deep understanding of your own nervous system and creating the conditions for a really well-articulated and sharp nervous system, will give you the most advantages, all the advantages that you're actually looking for mm-hmm. as far as being athletic, being skillful, energetic, having vitality, and having deep ability to connect with others. It comes through your own sensations and perceptions, and that, that's going to be a powerful tool. So think of that in your movement practice more than I need to look good or build muscles. Mm-hmm. And That's what I'm hoping. And, and here's, a, here's a good example it is impressive to see someone who's developed tremendous muscular physique. We, I talked about that with Tyson as well, that let's not, let's not discredit the work and effort that goes into developing a body like that, because that requires other skills, discipline, waking up early, you know, working out long hours, all of that stuff. And, and compare the impressiveness of a physique to someone who does these Ninja Warrior competitions or a dancer who can move in an infinite number of ways and combinations and patterns to express an emotion and to evoke a response from others. You know, people who watch these Ninja Warrior competitions, right? It's not, it's not ballet and it is, it's poetic. It's, it's beautiful to see how these human figures can move through space and they're not the bodybuilders playing soccer. They're, it's a different Absolutely. body that's required to do it's things like body. that, to express on that level. And I love training. You know, I train every day and I love movement and I love it as an art form. I love it as a practice. I love it as a way of life. What I'm inviting into the conversation of movement, as as many of us are, is to go deeper than the muscles, go to the nervous system and the relationships. And, And I'll say that you'll get exactly the most beautiful body you've ever had Mm -hmm. if we want if that's it you know that just won't be the goal Mm -hmm. that that won't that'll be an like a happenstance a circumstance a a result of being exquisitely attuned to yourself and your nervous system Mm -hmm. I think it would be helpful for a lot of folks to hear about the peripheral benefits of this Uh, outside of the body and the physique and the general health and wellness of tissues what are some of the carryover effects you see into into people's lives maybe maybe examples of clients you've worked with or your own life once you're integrating on this level i'll say the the biggest benefit that my clients really see is an increased container 
a larger emotional capacity to navigate life. You know, emotional capacity is, is how we can take on the challenges. And as we get into bigger and bigger challenges, you know, larger stages, a larger container is necessary. And so as we do our own practices, our mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, nutritional practices, ideally they're all to build your container to navigate your particular life as skillfully and gracefully as possible. And you can do this by connecting to your own body-mind so that you're well-informed through your information you're digesting, but you're also able to articulate a net, like a moving landscape. You know, when things turn left or when things go wrong, how can you show up in that instant? And that comes from a well-articulated nervous system in your practice. Mm-hmm. And I think of one word, I think of responsibility, the ability to respond to that which we don't have control over, to the environment, right. to the circumstances, to the political forecast, to the economy, all, all of these things. Like you said, that having a bigger container really is just the, a greater sense of resilience to withstand and to respond to what's happening. Yes. Mm. Yes. That's awesome. So I'm sure there's plenty of folks out there on the edge of their seat. Now they want to know, how can I start training this way? How can I amplify my, what I'm doing or what I'm not doing to this level? Absolutely. Well, we have a number of ways to engage with us. Um, of course, you can look us up on Facebook, Heroics. We're really, right now, we're launching a, a cool online training program so you can work directly with us. And we're building a community, having this conversation as well. Upcoming events, we have a neurohacking through movement event that I'm doing with a naturopath here on Dashon Island in Seattle. That's coming up in November, November 10th, I believe. And you can look for more of that. You could also look on our website, heroicstrainingsystems.com. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about the event before we go here. How many, how many folks are going to be involved? What's it going to give us a, give us a teaser, like a movie trailer version. So we're having a one day event and it's going to be, we're looking for about 20 people. We have 10 signed up so far. We have a really beautiful space on Bashan Island, which is a beautiful island here in the Pacific Northwest. This event is a one-day workshop, and what we're really hoping to do is in this give some tangible, useful mechanisms and tools to neurohack in the instant, right? To know where you are, to use your feelings, to adapt to the moment with the most skill and grace possible. And then the practices that you can take home to continue that process ongoing. Mm. Awesome, man. Well, we'll definitely make sure the information is up there in the show notes and we'll keep popping it in so that uh, everyone out there can get involved. I have a feeling that by the time that folks hear this episode, there's not going to be any space. So is this something that you're going to be doing on a, on a repeated basis? Definitely. And, and we're actually looking to expand it. This is our first offering. It's going to be a one day. But we're definitely, this, this is a deep topic. I mean, we have so many distinctions and sensations and perceptions that we can play with and explore together. And, and we can really keep this conversation growing into the future. So um, we want to do this as a three-day event eventually where you can really go into the anatomy of the nervous system, nutrition, and how do you actually keep a cell as healthy as possible. And then movement practices and, and stillness practices and slowness practices, all of these different movement ways of being that can help us find new distinctions in our body-mind. Yeah, man. And we, we know that we're not the only two guys on the planet having this conversation right now, this neurohacking uh, concept for training and developing ourselves is definitely on the rise. And 
it's still very new. It's still very new. Yeah. I know there's a lot of guys out there that'll hear this. You'll kind of get it. I, maybe you have an idea of what we're talking about. You've heard other podcasts or read articles, but this is really the new wave of how to develop yourself in a, in a fully integrated capacity. So I encourage everybody out there to, at the very least, find out more about this and figure out how you can start arranging the practices in your life in a way that support and sustain the you that you are currently and the you that you're becoming. Pairing that with your vision, pairing that with everything you want to create in your life, because that's what it's all about. Back to what you were saying before, man, is about if we, if the only thing we have control over is ourselves, then that's how we're going to change the world. Well done, Jetty. I can't add any more to that. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I'm looking forward to attending one of your one of your workshops and seminars because I know that you are just an example of embodiment, a man who practices his preach. And you know, I, I always tell people if they're looking for a coach, they're looking for a trainer. Look at how the person's living their life. That those that's where you need to be poking around and asking questions. You don't you don't need somebody who knows a lot of information and isn't practicing it themselves. So I can vouch for you as one of those one of those men on this planet who's doing the good work, man. I really appreciate you for what you're putting out there. Well, thank you, Jetty. The feelings are reflected. <laughs> right on, thank my you. man. Well, I wish you guys the best. And this was part two, man. First first ever repeat guest on the Rising Man podcast. How does that feel? <laughs> Good to me. <laughs> awesome, man. Cool. Well, we'll do part three somewhere down the road when you're you're floating and teaching us how to levitate. <laughs> Peace, Jake. There you have it. I love bringing Titus on the show because we always nerd out and have a great conversation about how the mind, body, and spirit is all connected. And I really appreciate the way that Titus does it because it's so gentle yet direct and assertive in the way that he commands the wisdom he's learned in his life into his message about the body and how we can use the body as a roadmap for all of the things that we're experiencing on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, on a mental, physical level. It's all happening within our body, within our vehicle. So my biggest takeaway from this episode was the way that Titus spoke about masculine and feminine energies and how they show up in the ways that we move. I had never really thought deeply about how that shows up and, and there was a lot of great wisdom that came up in this conversation. So I hope that you guys had as much fun listening to this conversation as I had being a part of it with Titus. If you want to learn more about what he's up to over there in Seattle with Heroics Training Systems, make sure you check those guys out. It's awesome what they're doing up there. And my big call to action for you guys right now is make sure you head over to rise.jediazuma.com slash elements to check out the Elements Initiation for Men. We're doing our first one here in about a week, October 26th through 28th here in California. But rest assured, if you can't make this one, you should try and make this one. If you can make this one, make it happen. But if you can't make this one, there will be more Elements Weekends coming up. We're going to keep doing them in California. We're going to bring it out to the East Coast, up to Canada, and out to Australia within the next year. Within the next 365 days, you will see us in all of those places. So in the meantime, make sure you join the Rising Man Facebook community, facebook.com slash groups slash the rising man check out show notes for links and resources at the rising man podcast.com please please subscribe and follow the podcast on the app of your choice leave a review or comment behind with your biggest takeaways insights and whatever else you appreciate about the show at the rising man podcast.com believe me you guys i've been doing this long enough i've seen a lot of other people how they do podcasts the subscriptions and the reviews really go a long way towards making other people out there aware 
of what we're doing here with the Rising Man community. So if you believe in this movement, if you believe in this message, please make sure you're subscribed and leave a comment, leave a review on iTunes, wherever you listen to the Rising Man podcast. It really helps us out. Thank you so much. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Podcast. My man Rowan has been crushing the social media posts lately. I know you guys have been digging it because there's been a lot of great feedback and interaction ever since he took over the helms there. So Rowan, keep up the good work, my brother. Shout out to Sean Offenbach, as always, killing it on the audio side. He's with Infinite Melodics at Infinite M-E-L-O-D-I-X on Instagram. The rest of my power team, Rising Man Power Team Squad up. Julian, Mark, appreciate you guys, everything that you guys are doing, making this podcast possible. And of course, you guys, the listeners, the loyal Rising Man community, whether it's your first episode or your 50th episode being with us, thank you. And as always, my message to each and every one of us, rise up and claim your destiny.